0: Hello, welcome back to the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, and I am so pumped that you are back here to finish out season two with us. I will say, taking a mid-season hiatus, which was the first time we've ever done it, was really necessary. Having done 70 episodes up to that point without really taking a break. But it was also really hard because we love doing this podcast. We love coming every single week to you with a new guest, with a topic, with resources, with tools. So it feels really, really wonderful to be back with you and providing these conversations again. Now, before I introduce the guest of the week, I want to first thank all of you who have liked, followed, and subscribed to the podcast, as well as left us positive reviews. If you have not yet done so, and you are feeling compelled and find it somewhere in your heart to also leave a positive review for us, I cannot begin to express how much this matters and means to us, especially in podcast land as we continue creating and putting out these episodes. So I will send a preemptive thank you in advance if you find it within yourself to do so. Now, to the guest. This week, I had a heart conversation with Emily Martinez all about navigating the tumultuous journey of being an artist and a creative. Emily is one of the most open-hearted, soul-first, vulnerable people I know, and she comes here to just be as openly available to chat about these highs and lows of one's artistic pursuits, specifically on social media, how battling this comparison game can really weigh on you, what it means to embrace one's uniqueness, and the transformative power of becoming our own biggest cheerleader in a world that often demands conformity. We also, discuss success as a personal journey and how crucial it is to root for yourself in a world that often feels competitive and uncertain. We also emphasize the importance of speaking up and the privilege of letting people into your life on your own terms. Without further ado, welcome back to this part of season two. Enjoy! Hi Emily. Hey. Ooh, it's sultry. Okay. It's
1: <laughs> so sultry this this day. I was gonna say morning. It's not morning. It's time. Oh my goodness. For anybody who does not know you, who are you today? <laughs> oh, I love th- I love the today. That's probably my favorite part of yeah. go- about the question. Um, my name is Emily Martinez. Um, and today I am sore. But I am a I am an actor. Sore, like physically sore or like sore. Oh, okay. I gotta go to the chiropractor. My girl Sue, I need her. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a actor, performer, um, creative dog mom. A creative dog mom or is there a comma in there? A creative comma, dog mom. Cool. <laughs> Hot mess express and just holding on for dear life these days. Come on now. I feel like it's the essence of this conversation.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. Do you have anything
2: specifically you hold on to or it's just like the metaphorical you just grasp onto whatever you can find?
1: I mean, at at this point in time, it's crystals because I'm like, maybe if I hold on to this crystal, (laughs) I'll hold on on to something. Do you know Um, what they mean? I look them up, but I immediately forget. Okay. Um, I, I'll or I'll like screenshot them and put them in my phone and maybe if I'll remember I'll go back. But okay. if I'm like if it feels good, I'm like, yeah, cool.
2: Do you when you find them, do you hold them and then they fill you with a feeling? Or is it more just like the aesthetic draw and then you're like, I'll figure it out? Or is it just like you want crystals and you accumulate crystals <laughs> and then post you are like, This is these I guess have to make sense now because I found them.
1: <laughs> I kind of I kind of go by feeling of them. I kinda okay. like put my if I liked Probably aesthetically, I see them first, and I'm like, "Ooh, pretty, sparkly." Mm-hmm. I want aesthetic things, and then I'll go over it. And if it feels like I don't have any type of feeling or like, um, like vibe, vibration to them, You'll throw them I'm out like, the window. Okay, yeah, just like toss them, just yeah, into the street, moving cars. No, Great. don't do that. <laughs> um, but or if it feels like I, I, I'm on this new journey of it. But if it feels good, I'm like, "Ooh, I like that." And then if I read the definition of it, I'm like, oh, okay, that fits with me in my moment right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I'll get it. And then I try to remember to like hold it when I need it or mm. put it around me in a space where I'm like, oh, yeah, I need that kind of cleansing area in this space or yeah. inspiration or something. And, um, and yeah, if there's if I don't like look at it, it's just a rock. But if I hold it, I'm like, oh, that feels like something.
2: <laughs> we had uh, Brooke Shapiro on season one um, and she did like a tarot reading for this community. And then we also talked um, about her love of um, crystals and how she just like carries them around in her bag and how now her bag just feels like a weight. And it's like, is this metaphorical to her life? Is this like, is this a metaphor of life? Or is this actually just like, ooh, we have these with me and therefore it doesn't actually weigh anything? You know? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how this works. Yeah. No, I'm not a crystal human. Um, Though I think they're pretty. Anywho, Emily and I have known each other since college. Um, And I feel like we've lived many lives or I can Mm -hmm. speak for myself. I feel like I've lived many lives since um, college. Same. Um, I feel like you are somebody who is super candid about your journey with feelings and um, you are really present with the ups and downs of what it means to be an artist in a way that I think Mm -hmm. many people are not as maybe vocal about or um, visual about on their socials, Mm -hmm. which I've admired for a really long time. I think, you know, social media – can be a rose colored glasses situation. And for sure. Um, I feel like you keep it really real about how it's not always awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's why I'm really excited to have you in this space to kind of unpack all of that. Um, yeah. And I guess to start, I'm curious why you have made that choice to be so transparent about the ups and the downs as an artist in this industry and also as just like a human living on this planet.
1: Yeah. Uh thank you. Um I I appreciate that. I kind of forget that I that I do that mm-hmm. um sometimes because I feel like I I talk about it so often with people mm-hmm. and I'm I'm trying to actually think like I don't remember when it is that I started actually being more truthful about how I was feeling about um, the industry and where I was in the industry. Um, And in short terms, I feel like I'm kind of nowhere in the industry in a lot Mm. of aspects. I talk about the industry as a whole, but like I feel truly on the outside most of the time Um, except for these like little beautiful like unicorn moments as they call them when I kind of get a moment to like jump in and like – Taking the surrounding, like kind of like a VR game, I get to be like, "Ooh, I'm in the world now!" Like, Mm -hmm. let me play. Let me see who I can talk to and communicate with. Um, But I think it was when I, I think, I mean, I honestly, I wish I like looked back on my Instagram, but I just remember there being a point where I was just. I was playing the comparison game as so many of us do, which is just the death of joy, but it's the hardest thing to like take away from your life, especially in the day and age that we live in. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I just kind of saw people either Saying how aud- I feel like it had to do with auditions first. I feel like I just saw people like talking about how great auditions were and how it just like gave them like the power and like and an edge. And credit to those people, I hope that was truthful for them and that they actually felt that. But like I knew when I graduated college and started auditioning, um, I was very fortunate and privileged enough that when I left college, I kind of had two back to back children's theater tours lined up. So Mm -hmm. I kind of didn't have to think about the audition hustle yet. Um, And so when I did, when I kind of jumped right into it, I was – just slammed in the face with all the rules and the regulations and kind of the etiquette and and all of the the do's and don'ts that I felt like nobody had taught us um, and <laughs> I felt like we could have had an opportunity to learn in an educational space, but at the time that we were at the school, we didn't have that um, resource, and um, so I kind of felt like I was jumping in and just having to tread water, and so when I just kind of saw people what looked like they were like living their best in these audition spaces, I was just like, but it actually sucks. Like this actually is the worst system and it doesn't work and it's draining and I'm questioning everything that I want to do and I have intense anxiety and like I'm not going to the bathroom all day and Mm -hmm. I'm not eating properly and then I can't sleep. It's just like it's a mess. But I'm like, but this is what I guess I have to do in order to – Go after the dreams that I've been like building towards my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I'd have people ask me, like, Oh, how was your audition? How was your audition? And I'm like, Well, if it, if I got in, I was so anxious that it sucked, or I didn't get in and I just wasted eight hours of my life, or what felt like wasting eight hours of my life. So I Mm -hmm. think I just got to a point where I was just like, Can we all like talk about this for a second? This fucking sucks. And, um, and I just felt like people were resonating with that. And so I thought at the time, like, hey, let's let's not be afraid to say actually how we feel. Yeah. Um, while also like kind of <laughs> hitting send and like like trembling, being like, I hope no one hates me after saying this. And um, I honestly rarely got anything that was just like, you should be grateful you have an audition, and which I was surprised at. And so, and I really kind of haven't gotten much of that now which makes me feel good about humans in the community that I've cultivated Mm. is that like, yeah, it's hard out here. And thank you for having a vulnerable moment. And I think it also came to a point where I was comparing myself and still do. It's something I still really struggle with of comparing myself to either my peers, my friends, um, even like, you know, the people that I follow out of maybe feeling of obligation and they're not quite my friends and mm-hmm. I probably have more jealousy towards them than anything. Um, and I, uh, I'm just like, oh, why, like, why not me? Why not me? Yeah. And, and I just, I, I don't know. I just kind of felt like there needs to be a space where we say that or remind people that, hey, remember that this is like, I can post some aesthetic and cute pictures and you're probably not gonna read the captions because nobody has the brain space to read mm-hmm. everybody's like long, beautiful captions that they take time to write. But like, this is just a highlight reel. Like I'm actually sitting yeah. on my couch when my air conditioning's not working <laughs> in a big t-shirt and like really old underwear and like yeah. eating my dinner out of a Tupperware. So yeah. like this this picture is like really cute but like it's not my reality right now and it's not my reality most of the time. And I think what's important that people don't – especially like those who aren't in our industry or aren't even in the creative space at all or don't access their creative abilities for their work, um, that probably 80% of the time is is rejection and no's and just silence. Mm -hmm. And then like the other small portion is – doing the thing
0: yeah. um
1: and and doing the thing is the glamorized bit that everybody and i, I myself come, sometimes only see when the rest of it is like that grueling hard work that nobody either appreciates or understands goes into it or stuff that we put on ourselves yeah so um yeah Oof. Well, you just
2: said so many things that I would love to unpack. First, thank you for being vulnerable. I blacked
1: out. I don't remember (laughs) a thing.
2: Well, don't worry. Uh, My brain does. Um, (laughs) So thank you for being so open and sharing all of that. And I'm sure just even listening to that for our listeners at the moment, things popped up that they Mm -hmm. resonate with. I know for myself, um, they have. I'm gonna like overarching mention some of the things that are resonating with me and then probably dive in wherever we see fit. Um, This idea that there are rules and regulations that are put in place, Mm You can refer to them as gatekeeping, you can refer to them as the systems, you can refer to them as the structure. Um, You know, obviously this goes in line with like union rules or non-union practices, um, how those things correspond with each other, the way in which the industry continues to shift and morph with both of those things in conjunction with each other. Um, That in and of itself is like a whole topic. Um, This idea of being an outsider And feeling like you, yes, of course, have a community and also like where do you fit in Mm -hmm. that community being um, a question that all of us arguably continue to grapple with, especially as we continue to grow Mm -hmm. and change through the seasons of our lives right? And how perhaps there's like a version of yourself that had a certain kind of community and maybe you have distanced yourself from that or you are no longer a part of that and now you're on the outside of that and now you're on the outside of this new thing that you created, right? This idea of being yeah. an outsider, um, the idea of speaking up and the fear around <laughs> that, but also the bravery and vulnerability in that, right? There's a double-edged sword to being brave enough to speak out about this thing that is so personal and also the fear around the backlash that comes especially in the social media space Mm -hmm. um, when things move so quickly and people have very, very distinct opinions and experiences that they then call upon. The comparison game—that in of mm. itself is a whole thing. Um, this idea of jealousy that you mentioned, but in my mind, I also hear it as envy, right? Yeah. Like us p- unpacking what jealousy versus envy actually is, because they're two different feelings, and I think we often mislabel jealousy for envy, yeah, um, or definitely. vice versa and how actually the changing of that verbiage can be really helpful in processing what we're actually feeling when we can label it accordingly. Um, And then this idea of like rejection and the nose and Mm. how arguably The job of a professional artist or actor specifically or performer creative is to consistently have a job interview. Yeah. (laughs) That is your job, right? And Mm -hmm. the plus side is when you get to actually be booked for the thing by an external source until you Mm -hmm. create your own content and create your own work from it.
1: So anyway, you said
2: clearly a lot of things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, I usually talk in big topics, and then no, it's like, but okay, well, what, what are we actually saying? <laughs>
2: no, but we. I think, but again, that uh, you know, I have these conversations, and I bring on people like yourself to at least name these things. Yeah, you know, I think it goes back to the fear of speaking out about it because people fear the backlash that might come from it, but. Also, there's this whole other side of the isolation, which goes back to your outsider part of it. It's like if we're not actually naming that so many of us, arguably everybody at some point in their entire lives and specifically in their careers are feeling Mm -hmm. that they can't speak up and then they finally hear it spoken about by somebody else, then hopefully that in and of itself is like a little bit of a shift of like I am holding your hand too. you are not alone. And if if we're able to do that in this space for, you know, however long this podcast ends up being, then like… Great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so with all of those topics, I want to start with the idea of comparison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, compare leads to despair, or like comparison is the thief of joy, you know, these lofty, beautiful poetic isms, right? Yeah. That we say. But for you, how do you clock that in yourself physically? and perhaps emotionally when you are beginning to compare yourself to somebody are there certain triggers that you have found start that feeling mm-hmm. and how do you in real time or after the fact come back to yourself
1: it's so this is probably for me is an evolving process yeah. um because so I've also been um newly diagnosed this year with ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I'm I feel like that so often. Um I I see it in so many different traits of mine. And so yeah. and in terms of the comparison game, usually that's through the doom scroll that I call. Okay. And um so I see I see myself, I'll like just find myself kind of like Actively like being excited for – especially for people who are getting an opportunity that I know that they're great for, even if it was something that I wanted for myself or like had lofty ideas like, oh, maybe me one day. Um, but this this feeling of um, the all or – I call it like the all or nothing that it's like, well, if it happened for them, it's never going to happen for mm. me. Where it's like, well, maybe it's happening for them right now. And this, this same opportunity, if this performance – keeps going or if they get extended or it happens in a different space or what like there's still an opportunity later there still could be an opportunity later mm-hmm. so like it's usually in hindsight that um that i think about that and i i'm trying to figure out a way to bring that mentality into like a present moment to mm-hmm. kind of get me to kind of like pull me out of that um that kind of dark space i can kind of very quickly kind of like spiral into um, but there was something, cause I was thinking about this earlier, I was like, how do I pull myself out of these? And sometimes for comparison, if I find myself kind of either kind of getting fixated on a friend or fixated on, um, a certain thing like over and over and over again, where I'm just like, ah, oh, like, why not me? Why not me? Sometimes I'll just go back to like, and I, and I might be of a very like small camp of people here, but like sometimes if I go back to something that I've made, mm mm-hmm especially if it's, like, a self-tape or a video or a reel or, like, something, like, social media wise that I was, like, really proud of regardless of the amount of views or whatever it gets, I go back and I'll, like, kind of, like, stalk myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'll go back and be, like, she's really funny yeah. or, like, or, oh, my god, that – what a great choice or, like, what it like, fucking you better hit that note or, like, something <laughs> like that where I'm go, I go – I kind of start I think it can get a little dangerous to compare the version of you now to a version of you that you were maybe like years ago mm. if like you're like, you know, oh, I wish I did that still or or I wish I looked like that still or I wish I could lift like that or like run that fast or whatever. But in like, I think it is nice to fangirl over yourself yeah, because um, the most important opinion and the most important say and the most important um decisions should be coming from ourselves rather yeah. than the outside validation and um that's a really hard thing because yeah. outside validation feels really really sexy in the moment you're like you're like oh my god like I'm fucking nailing it like I am killing <laughs> it uh and like but for me at least um because of my mental health and my beautiful sweet baby brain um those feelings dissipate very quickly yeah so trying to find ways to solidify and kind of like etch it into stone of of how great I am yeah. sometimes. And I think everybody deserves to have that cheerleader for themselves for and sure. deserves to like have like the younger version of themselves like cheering for them in the corner. Yeah. Like there was for example, like I I was my friend, um asked me to sing as part of uh, her residency at uh, Rockwood Music Hall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I've always wanted to sing there, like really cool. And I sang – and a lot of it was about Pride, uh, about Pride Month. And so I sang a song that um, really kind of felt like me in the moment and could translate to different times in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a story by Brandy Carlisle, And I just really – because I really felt that music – and something happened while i was singing it i didn't realize until i was singing it that i was singing it to like younger me mm. and i kind of realized it i i watched the video i'm like and i see where i start realizing it which is really a cool moment for me to know and like nobody else but then i just like imagined while i was singing i kind of just forgot about the words i forgot about the notes but i just saw like little me in the back of the bar just like like being like <laughs> Go, and I was just it, it was just like oh if only I like how can I bottle this right, right. how can I bottle this and like spray this on as perfume yeah. like because that is the that's the only comparison that should matter yeah and so often and I'm speaking for myself mainly is like so often it's not like I, I think I was even today just like Scrolling being like, well, that person got another role, or that person, like that yeah. person got invited to another event. Like, I'm like, oh, I wish I was invited to events. I wish I got, you know, I wish, I wish, I wish. Where it's like, look at what we have done. Yeah. Or, hey, you got up, you worked out yeah. today. Like, yeah. you went outside and touched grass. That's yeah. pretty good. A lot of people can't do that. Yeah. And so, like, there are moments of like understanding that the feeling is real and it's valid, but also like. Look up and see what is good in your present moment. Yeah, too, because that doom scroll is never gonna is never gonna treat you right. It's Correct. never gonna it's never gonna fulfill you. It's like the industry at large. It's like, I think Amy Poehler said it. I live by, like, I'm living by this quote recently where, like, you have to think of the industry as like a really shitty ex boyfriend Mm. that just keeps coming back. And it's like, and the Doom scroll is the same thing. It's always going to be there. It's always going to have new things popping up that you're like, oh my God, like, what's going on? But it's not going to satisfy you. And, Emily, listen back and listen. Emily, listen to this later because (laughs) because I do this. I continuously go back to it, but slowly but surely I'm finding ways to like get myself out of
2: it. Yeah. We had an episode with Giselle Jimenez and she talks about how in her office like work area she has all these shows – you know, that she's done on the walls. And and people can see that and they could be like, oh, it's like, I, you're so full of yourself, but like it's get like, over no, she, it. yeah, exactly. But she keeps it there for exactly what you're talking about, which is like, no, I've done some incredible things. And when things are hard, this is in my space to remind me of how freaking mm-hmm. awesome I am. And exactly. that no matter what anybody else says, I know my own worth just because I get to see and be reminded of all of the beautiful things that I have done and experienced. I think. There, If that is what fills you with um, joy, if that's what, what grounds you and makes you come back to reality for yourself, then please, please look at your yeah. versions of And it's also just like I think there's something about looking back on yourself and the work that you've done in a way that's remembering that in order for you to be to have become who you are today, you had to have bec- been that person. And it's not about like, oh, I wish I could have changed that. Yeah, maybe, but like now look at how much growth you've had and you would, and that's yeah. incredible. I think for me, you would say like, you're not sure how to do this. I think what's been really helpful for me when I have found myself in this comparison game, doom scrolling, all of those things is, and this is truly core to my belief system, your success is my success Mm. what do i mean by that because success is totally relative i mean that i don't believe in the scarcity mindset i think we've been taught and told to stay small we've been taught and told to stay quiet We've been mm-hmm. taught and told to not speak up. We've been taught and told that there are not enough roles to go around. And yeah, if I were to like take a synopsis of how many things are casting and how many things I'm quote unquote right for or I could play, perhaps there isn't a lot. But that doesn't take away from my own agency and perhaps creating mm-hmm. my own work if I sought to do that. But what I mean by the people in my life succeeding is like if you book work, you are in my sphere of, of people that I love, trust, think mm-hmm. are fucking dope. And if you're booking work, then there are people out there who I would want to work with. There are people out there who are doing work that I would want to be a part of. So just Mm. like even knowing that there are things in my sphere that people I love and care about are getting feels like my degree of separation to all of these things becomes so much smaller. And also if we're playing a long game of like, what does it mean to network? And what does it mean to like have relationships? It's like, if you go and get this thing and like, there is something that pops up, I know for a fact that you would speak up and say my name, vice versa. Right. And it's one of those things that like, the trust in the relationships that we have built, the people that we have in our sphere, believing in the fact that like you actually have a true intimate Mm -hmm. connection with this human, their success is your success. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. And, And that's totally like, again, like the success conversation is totally relative. Like, what does it mean to be successful? What does it mean to book the bar? What does it Like all of that stuff is – that's, I think, where it can get really touchy and dangerous because we've been spoon-fed that this is what it means to be successful. Yeah. And then sure. we have these like dreams built on it. But I don't know. For me, that's been a really helpful shift. Um, it doesn't take away from me. Yeah. If anything, it's like my – It's community- not pie. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there is still more pie to be had and there's many more pies coming out of the oven and those are maybe hotter.
1: <laughs> and, and what I love about going off of what you said, it's like it also – the idea of success I think also goes in line with like the idea of like forward motion mm-hmm. where like – or I guess it, it's it's in the success realm of um, you can be – you don't have to be in a role. You don't have to be – have booked a gig to be moving forward Correct. in your career. Correct. um, Because like one thing that I found when I – So I kind of booked one really big thing this year. Um, I made my Off-Broadway debut and it was fucking awesome. And I will say the one thing that is kind of (laughs) my party trick, I don't fucking know, (laughs) is that I either book the job or I hear nothing. There is no in between. And I'm just like, "What? okay, I don't know what to do with that. I just have to keep trying. Mm -hmm. Um, So, But the one thing that I kept hearing during that, aside from like the really just fun opportunity and the great people I was working with… Was that like people were like oh this person knows you oh this person knows you this person and i was just like ah so the work that i've been doing in terms of supporting my community building my community and like and like my people and rooting for them they're also rooting for me and i didn't think anybody was i thought it was just me all by myself when it's just like no like look up sunshine like people got your back too if you Mm. have theirs and you're you're bringing together a group of people that you love, most likely they're going to love you the way that you want to be loved too. Yeah. And because they wouldn't be at this point in my life, like those people aren't in my life anymore. And yeah. that's okay. You know, they've got their own people. And um, so to hear you say that makes me feel like really good. Cause I'm like, yeah, I feel the same in terms of like when you help the people around you that you want to succeed and that you feel like you could actually help, yeah. Um. And then you kind of feel that back in like a like a universe kind of like. Yeah. Well, there's a karma
2: there. thing. Like, yeah. There's also just like you are the company that you keep, right? Yeah. You know, I think we again are told to stay small and not take up space and to be grateful for all of these things and two things can be true simultaneously i can be really Mm -hmm. grateful and i can also be sad and i can also be really happy for somebody i can also like i can feel many things at the Mm -hmm. same time like that is uh, that is also true and you know to have that reflected back to you in real time of like oh i've impacted these people and they're speaking highly of me and now these people are connected to those people and all of these things that i have done and put into the world are coming back to me in different and unexpected
1: ways. Um, and not only, I don't know if this happens for you, but like number one for you, like I've always, ever since I met you, I've always felt this like, and and regardless if, it, if it's true for you, like for what I saw and like resonated with in knowing you since college, is like that bitch knows who she is. Thank and you. I love that. And like, I, I aim to work to, to be my version of that. Of like, mm. I want to know who I am. I want to know what I bring to the table. And I always was just like, I saw, I, I took all of that of just being like, wow, like that's really cool. Thank you. Like she don't give a fuck. I mean, like, I do. I have like, a lot I know. of feelings. We all and do. Therapy's <laughs> real, and I've no, been we, in therapy for we, way too long. <laughs> we love therapy. We love medicine. We're all about it here. Yeah, we love crystals. I'm holding one as it's, we speak. But I love like, it. Um, you know, it's. I feel honored to just even just be in the space with you to be like. I feel like I've. I've worked really hard just to learn who I am, Mm -hmm. which I think will impact itself in the industry because I want the industry to change. I want things to be better for everybody, um, not just me. And if that means I take a hit right now so that the industry can get better and uh, better things will come to me, I'll do that. But it feels good to be in the space of like-minded people like yourself that like challenge me and challenge the structure and challenge… how how we enter the space and how we take up space yeah. because it's really easy to stay small it's really Correct. easy it feels shitty but it's really easy to stay there and so and it's hard to like branch out and try new things and say what we say what our gut is telling us to say yeah. and it feels cool to like remember them like yeah like i might not have a lot of things on my new york credit but i've got people in my corner and i've got people In this community, that I'm like, I want everything good for you. And that feels really good. Exactly. And also just remembering that, like,
2: no one fucking knows anything. Like,
0: I think it's cute (laughs) that you're like, yeah, Yeah. Jen knows exactly who she
2: is. (laughs) Like, on some days, I I feel very grounded in that. And I, you know, I think for the most part, I have learned to become comfortable with the unknowing, Mm -hmm. right? And become comfortable to stand in the fact that I do not know and that is my growth. Yeah. And that is okay. Right, that I crave. Yeah, I crave to continue learning and, frankly, unlearning so that I can continue making space for Mm -hmm. this growth in myself. I never want to be stagnant in feeling like I know, I don't, I know shit, (laughs) you know, I really don't, you know, but I, I, I have learned to cultivate my gut a little bit more and I've learned to be braver and speak up a little bit more. I've learned to reach out for help a little bit more. I've learned to bring in folks like yourself to have these conversations because people know more than I do and can speak on things in ways that I can't. Right. I think I've learned to allow The uncertainty to be part of the knowing and the unknowing being part of that growth, right? I know this all feels like very nebulous to like talk about in isms, but I, but I'm like I'm like right there with you. It all makes complete
1: sense. Yeah,
2: and so I appreciate you saying that. That means a lot. And also, I'm sitting here on the receiving end, being like, little does she know. (laughs) Oh, I know, because it's
1: like you know, people see different versions of ourselves than we see in the mirror, and the same thing happens with me. Like I. For the longest time, people would just be like, oh, you're so true, you're so authentic. Where my biggest thing for the longest time for listeners who don't know me or don't follow me, like I only came out of the closet two years ago. I'm 30, 34 now, I came out at like 31. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would make this content and I would write these captions and make these videos about being authentic to yourself and wanting my why to be about helping people find their authenticity mm-hmm. and be brave Meanwhile, I can't I the whole time I'm like I love that I'm helping these people be authentic, but I'm not being authentic to mm-hmm. myself cuz I don't know what the hell is going on with me. Yeah. And um and it was only once I started really digging in in the pandemic that I had the space and the time and I had no choice but to think um a privilege in itself to to be able to do a lot of self-growth at that time. Mm-hmm. Um was I finally started to figure out who I actually was. Mm -hmm. And it made me go, wow, I can't just assume that other people have it together in a way that I think is quote unquote together. Like what is having it together? And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, we put out these perceptions of who we are. Well,
2: it's that part. We're putting out the perception of it. We're putting out what we want people to see. We're putting out Mm -hmm. what we want people to receive from us. And that is, there is versions of that that are true, of course. Absolutely. And we are fuller people with parts of ourselves that we don't have to share or choose to share or decide how we wanna share it. There was a really beautiful video that was going viral with Karamo from Queer Eye, Mm -hmm. um, where somebody had asked him about coming out And he was like, I don't subscribe to that language. I'm going to butcher this, like the way he said this so beautifully, but the version of I don't subscribe to coming out. I subscribe to letting people in. And it was what it does, I know but what it is, is it's giving yourself the agency to allow people into a personal part of yourself that other people don't necessarily need access to or have access to until you choose to let people in, Mm -hmm. right? And that shift, of course, for one's like queer identity, but also for just like the agency over what one chooses to share with other people. Mm -hmm. For me, when I saw that, it was like light bulb, light bulb, light bulb all over the place of like, right, I get to decide how I want to let you into my life. What a privilege. That you get Mm -hmm. access to, frankly, any part of me, this is for anybody, like anybody should have these, I hate the word should, but like anybody should have these feelings for themselves. Like what a privilege to have access to you. Mm -hmm. As in, I'll speak for myself, what a privilege to have access to me. And this is what I am letting you in to know about myself. This is what I'm letting you in to engage with in a public sphere. Um, I don't owe you anything. Mm -hmm. I get to then have the agency in it, which for me was just... It's a huge shift in the perspective of coming out, certainly, but also just as we're navigating um, the social media sphere and how we choose to share ourselves and what we choose to share in ourselves, you don't owe anybody anything. Exactly. You know, arguably, you could have discovered that you had this part of your identity that you had not shared publicly with anybody and you still didn't need to share it with anybody, but you knew. Like, arguably, yeah. you didn't have to quote unquote come out about it. Yeah. You know, because you knew. And what a gift you've given to yourself to be honest with yourself. And now you get to truly lean into your authentic self or whatever that means to you and continue going right. into this
1: part of you that you have not given the space for. And, and that goes into like what we were saying earlier, right? Of like, you. The privilege of having access to me, the privilege of 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 receiving the message that I want to give, is another way of of kind of rooting for ourselves and Absolutely. being our and and being our biggest advocate and our biggest cheerleaders because the outside world outside of that does not care about our feelings. Correct, and it's because it's it's churning out product, it's churning out one after the other, like every second of the day, um, in in every industry, yeah. no matter where you are, and and there might be a couple of people that are like where is that person at but it's like we have to we have to have a huge ego for ourselves because cuz the ego is not necessarily a bad thing if it's the only thing that's you know taking hold it's not great but like when we have a healthy ego to just keep us going to be like no we are fucking great no what mm-hmm. we do what we bring into the room is a gift and and maybe what the gift that they're trying to create is going to match up with what I'm giving today and maybe we'll be able to make magic together. But if not, like, hey, yeah. I felt lucky to get in the space and I hope you feel lucky to be receiving what I'm what I'm Well, your worth pin. does
2: not hinge upon somebody else. I think it's exactly. that, right? Yep. Like you are worthy period. Worth. One is worthy period. You are a human and therefore you are worthy. The end mm-hmm. period. Like you are deserving because you're living on this planet. The end. And obviously there's the access, the privilege, the all mm-hmm. of those things that affect the feelings around that. But inherently, because you're a human being, you have worth. Yeah. Um, and just as the much value. And exactly. And to come back to that, obviously it's easier said than done. <laughs> but you know, I think just naming the fact that that, that is something that you you have.
1: I think always. when I first heard that, and I feel like it was from um I know that they were just on your podcast of Emily Lay's. I feel like when I like yeah. first started kind of working with them, I, I, you know, core beliefs of like I am worthy, I am enough, I am safe, I am loved, um, I am valued. I was just like I, when I kind of heard all this together, I went, "Oh shit! I don't know if I've ever thought about that being the baseline." Of, like just because I am, I am all these things. Correct, and it's like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know we. Were, I did not know. We were allowed to do that. I did not yeah. know. We were allowed to think that, and it's just wild when you start having your own agency of thought and kind of critically thinking and just being like, "No, why? Why? Why am I not worthy of joy? There's nothing. There's nothing correct because somebody it's told you that you're not. But someone that's. Told you. But
2: that is. I mean, again, easier said than done. But like, yeah, that's you're putting these feelings on hinging on external. Mm-hmm. sources rather than just like i am that yeah period i am, i mean the i am sentence of it all um and then insert you know the word here that makes you feel full or something that you need to have in that moment you know um yeah. i think it's it's a shift you know to really own that because also you could feel really guilty like oh no no but like but if i am then i'm taking away from somebody else it's like No, 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 they have it too. And so does that person and that person and every single person is like, I am this, period. Every single person is allowed and should be those ways. but again, we've been taught like, well, if I can't take it, then I'm taking it from someone. No, and there's that's enough there's, making ourselves. Yeah, small. there's enough to go around. Like there really is. It does not feel that way because there's systems in place to make us feel that it's impossible to feel that way. But it inherently, by being a human on this planet, like that is what it is. Yeah. And we've been told otherwise and and um, made brainwashed to believe completely. Yeah, <laughs> brainwashed to believe
1: otherwise. Brainwashed to believe that we are not. <laughs> Anything. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm curious, kind of in the same vein, but different, how you handle the quote unquote rejection of it all, right? Um, I Mm. think for me, I have really tried to label that differently for myself, that it's not a rejection. It's just, I probably wouldn't have been my best version of myself in this project. And therefore it just wasn't lined up for me to do my best work and vice versa. This team wouldn't have been able to do their vision as like best with me. It's not a personal thing. It's literally like, you know, I've talked about this in other episodes. It's just like, there's a reason, you know, Wes Anderson always works with Bill Murray, not because, I mean, arguably nobody is Bill Murray because he is Bill Murray, but like- (laughs) Just, you know, that is what it is. But it's also like, I would imagine on set, they just love being together. They love creating together. You know, there's a reason Martin Scorsese always works with Leonardo DiCaprio, not because nobody can't do that. I mean, there'd be different versions of it, but they probably yeah. love being on set together, right? It's like finding your people and then you know that you can be your full self in all of that and they see yeah. you
1: and you trust and there's a ver- vocabulary around your work. So, it's hard anyway. enough what we do. Why, oh my God. Why, why not make it as easy as we can? Correct. So the Yeah. yeah. Which is the, which the sucks r- for our newers newer people. But correct. You know. But
2: also, you know, to not discount the people that you have started out with. You know, yeah. like if I think back to the people that we went to college with, so many people have come from that school who are doing dope things. Yeah. Um, and incredible work. And I may not have worked with them directly, but I am supporting peripherally um and You know, when and if a time ever comes that I get to engage with the work that they're doing, I I get to be like, I knew you when you started this, and this is freaking cool, and I'm really proud of you, genuinely, for all that you've done. Um, So anyway, the reframe for me is like rejection is actually not personal. It's um, Mm -hmm. There is, again, more to go around.
0: Have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece? Are you applying to BA, BFA, or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you simply someone who has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So, we meet virtually together, and you share with me who you are as a human. What you love, dislike, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this, don't worry. And then I go off on my own, and I find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I have been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So. If you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artists Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to com slash podcast promo to register. That's com slash podcast promo. I cannot wait to find you monologues you absolutely adore.
2: So for yourself,
1: how do you handle rejection? For me, rejection—honestly, a lot of things that I'm trying to reframe around is that if something doesn't work out for me, mm-hmm. um, it just wasn't meant for. Yeah, me. what is meant and for I, you will find yeah, you. Mm-hmm. Because and I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard to like stay in that thing because when it, when it feels because when something feels like it's really meant for me and i find out it is meant for me i'm like i literally felt the tingles like i knew that was meant for me because it just had a different feeling it had a different shift like i was like it i it was like my gut knew that this one is meant for me yeah and so and it felt easy and i was just like ah maybe for me maybe that's what it is when something just feels so easy and it and it happens it's like that's how I I was like that one was actually that one was meant to come into my corner right in the right mm-hmm. moment um and what's not meant for me is harder it's harder to accept when i really really want something yeah. but that goes into the place of that doesn't mean it doesn't have to happen that doesn't mean it's a it's a never yeah. it could just be right now love that um you, because art is ever evolving art comes back in the yeah. commercial space like or we get to like work on something that had the same feel but mm-hmm. it's just in a different person's words or person's melodies or or it's through a different form of media and yeah. and when i've when those moments have happened i go oh i asked for this but it was just in a different way than i thought it was going to be mm. okay so i'm getting i'm getting bits and bobs of it and just like, so I kind of do this thing where I kind of try to piece different things to the universe because I have control issues. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so same. I always try same, to same. make things like make sense when sometimes it is just as as my husband Gabe says, he's like, sometimes it's just chaos yeah. and you just have to like live amongst the chaos and like soak up all the good that you can in yeah. those moments. And like, and that's also okay. Like yeah. it's all okay. Yeah. So I guess for me, the hardest thing I think the hardest thing isn't always the no's, because at least I felt like I had a chance. Mm. At, least, at least I felt like I went in and I did the work that I I did, and I was proud of the work that I did.
2: That you even got seen, right? That the opportunity yeah. to even ha- be able to show up and, and that, perform for five minutes, correct? Mm-hmm. And I was like,
1: and that feels like a win.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, it is a, a win.
1: Huge, it's <laughs> a huge win. And so, like for me, it's it's the no. I'm like, I'm I've become okay with it's when it's constant crickets right it's when the void has taken over and i'm mm-hmm. like especially in the self tape world i think i was one of the few people that loved to self tape because i can I'm, i've always known how to i've known how to edit for years yeah. i've known how to light myself and i understand how to Maybe not sing directly to a camera, but like sing in the space where there's many people watching. Because I used to do the YouTube videos for years, yeah. um, so I was I was always comfortable talking to a camera as if I was talking to like my best friend. Um, so that part didn't feel I didn't feel a wall there like a lot of people struggled with. Yeah. Um, but what was what sucked was like I knew and still sucks. Because how does it not? Because we're still in this space of like, I know I just put out some really great work. And you never know how it received and, it was received if it was received. Yeah. Yeah. And I I have to hope that someone watched it because I know that there are people whose job it is to at least open the link and, and watch a little bit also, of it. Also, they wouldn't have it. asked for it to waste their own time too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the part that's harder. But that's when I kind of go back to fangirling over myself when I'm mm-hmm. like, I thought that was fucking great. Like, yeah. look at my choices. I've… I love that I I went bold. I love that I'm not I'm not in this same um, playing it safe anymore. You know, because playing it safe is just another version of making ourselves small and people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Like making a big choice, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Like at least it was mine. At least yeah. I try. At least I tried something. And um, like <laughs> like for instance, one small story I have is like I went into an audition pre-pandemic. I think I don't know about this project not gonna lie i hope this project didn't go any further because i read the script and i was like oh that is dangerous for women like i hope this doesn't go anywhere and um but i went in and it was a rock show and um i sang back in black which i know now is just not a great audition song because it just doesn't have any story to have (laughs) truly and um but i just wanted to like wail and just like surprise people and there was a woman in there who was part of the creative team in some capacity, and I, I scared her when I started. Like I knew I was hitting the notes and I was doing the style, but um, you know, uh, I kind of just went for it, and she was like, "Huh!" Like, she was or, terrified. Like, out loud,
0: she literally made an she audible gasp cool. and like
1: was scared. Cool. And when I tell people this story, they're like, "Oh my god!" Like. That must have been, like, they clutched their pearls. They're like, oh, my God, like, that kind of rejection. She hated it. And I went, but I kind of fucking loved it because, like, I was like, I – you got off your damn phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I made you look up, bitch. Or not bitch. I'm sure she was nice. But, like, I was just like, look up. I'm right over here yeah. working my life. And yeah. then never heard again. But I was like – I was like, I call that a win. I, <laughs> I went that. out laughing and I was like, whatever. But that phone,
0: I love that, that she felt good. audibly <laughs> – gasped that she yeah. audibly was
1: taken physically aback where she was like Ooh. and i was i really wanted to be like ma'am if if that scared you have you read the script because that script was <laughs> that was rough and, oh my god and women were not to read it well and oh, i was like no i was like i hope this oh no stays in this time and space and then the I pandemic know. happened so i went yeah oh dear i mean you said something so beautiful about just
2: staying open to receive which again is so hard, um, and I you named something too that I I definitely feel, which is the as somebody who also craves control in a business that doesn't give that to us. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like the way you, you can unpack that journey in therapy of choice and why you chose to be here and continue to choose to be here. Um, but <laughs> in that,
0: it's so true. It's just it's so true. It's just so sad. Yeah, (laughs) well, I do cry, just not here. (laughs) Just not here at this moment.
2: Um, You know, for me, the thing that's most frustrating is the the cricket void moment of you know when you see these opportunities. It has nothing to do with the comparison part. You know, it's like when you hear about other people going in. Okay, great. I'm glad they have the appointments. And also, I i why didn't i have access to that like the access part of it the gatekeeping part of it the inability Mm -hmm. to be seen for the thing just simply the opportunity like that for me is the the thing that i'm currently grappling with the most for myself of how do i continue to Feel okay, not good, but okay with the fact that there are there are opportunities, and I don't even have the ability to get seen for it, let alone book it. Like, forget the booking. I'm not here to get me in the room. Yeah, get me in that room. That's the real. That's the hard part. But I do love the idea that you said of like just remaining open to receiving, and that what is meant for you will hopefully find you. If I do not believe in that in some way, then there's really no reason I would continue. Like, genuinely, what are we doing here? Exactly. Like, I. have to somehow believe in the karmic universe that things have to come I really do I'm not a good manifester yeah. but that is something I have to believe and with that is the like if i stay open to receiving if i stay open to receiving things that i didn't anticipate right that we can get so good at controlling what we Mm -hmm. want the narrative to be that we can get so good at controlling how we think our careers are supposed to be that we actually miss these beautiful opportunities small or large that may end up being the huge gift that ends up giving continuously to us if we don't stay open to which is being present and available and ready to receive the things that mm. we weren't expecting um i I really love that also as just a mindset shift for um recognizing that life, no matter how much you plan, will never go as planned ever period ever. similar to like you know you will live and you know you will like you'll be born and you'll die, and you know you'll have to pay taxes unless you want to go to jail, otherwise you also know like. I can plan as much as I want and truly, literally nothing, nothing will happen yeah. the way I want it to. Or it may yeah. appear like it will and then it will change. So that too is something that we can begin to maybe cultivate as a skill set of like if I just stay present and have my eyes a little bit more open and my heart a little bit more open when it's it's capable of doing so without the harm and mm-hmm. staying available and present. To receive with just like the arms outstretched, like I am worthy, I'm here, present thing. Um, I do believe that people hear that and see that and receive that in a different way, and then things do come back. I have to
1: believe that. <laughs> and I think also not only if you're opening yourself up to that, I think that also opens yourself up to to listening to your intuition when something mm. is not right for you. That part, like. Um, when you might get far in a process or in any i guess any industry really of any like getting far in like um interview process of being yeah. like of of when we work from a space of desperation and um uh, what did you call it scarcity mindset yeah of like like i I just need to book something or I just need to do something because uh, 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 all these things that you just start where I need this agent because he's the only one calling where you just ignore the red. She, she, she. she. I'm just speaking from personal experience of red flags, but yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay, fine. Yes. um, But, you know, and any, any person in your life or any opportunity that comes up that is there, and I'm not saying it's a test because that's, you know, I, I don't want to think that the universe tests us because l- the world is hard enough as it is without mm-hmm. like throwing a, throwing a, like a ball in there to be like dodge. Um, <laughs> words, but- you, yeah. Uh, what are words? <laughs> um, but I, I think when you open yourself up and and open your heart to the to the space that you're comfortable and safe to do it in, you quickly go ah. Younger me would have jumped on that and would have held on for dear life where now I'm like, no, I don't like the way that this company is – I don't like the way that this theater is like communicating with me and we're only at the beginning stages. I don't like that they haven't answered very simple questions that I'm asking that I don't think I'm in the wrong for asking. I'm literally asking time and place and what materials I need to prepare. And like I don't – so that just makes me go, well – if that's how they're doing this now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when they need me,
2: mm-hmm. when they're the
1: ones looking for the person to fill a role. They need me. I don't want to. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like how they're looking for someone to fill a space.
2: Yeah, oh, you're the missing puzzle piece. Yeah, me. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then
1: they're not. It was very clear that they they wanted me to stay small, and mm-hmm. I was just like, no, I yeah. don't like that, and. I mean, it it ended up being them being like, we actually didn't want you for the callback. And I'm like, that's fine because I think I would have said no at this point because – and I was just like, good for me. Like I was like, Emily five years ago would scoff, like clutch her pearls and go, oh, Emily, it's an audition where it's like not everything's meant for us. Even when we were like, oh, I need something where it's like, no, the good thing will come. And yeah. I hope whoever that goes to, it fills them with joy and and helps them learn something because no one deserves a bad contract if it's not for you, but like, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like opening yourself up will also help you listen to your gut and your gut yeah. is never wrong.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As we begin to wind down our time, is there anything on your heart that we did not
1: talk about that you'd like to share? I think the most important thing… In this space where it's like so much rejection that, like we've said, is not personal. It's just there's there's just so many things to do and you have to put out the best work that you can with what you have in the present moment with whatever your energy is. And if your 100 is your best days, like 50%, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. you just give what you can and then let it go because we can't keep punching ourselves down because we're not what we think we have to be. We're mm-hmm. human beings. We are enough because we are. Mm-hmm. Because we are here and we are on this planet for however long we're here. And so that's enough. And so whatever we bring led with kindness and 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 good intent is enough. And if it's meant to be, it will be there. And if it's not, something will something else will come and you will just gain more of that resilience along the way, but we have to, we just have to root for ourselves mm-hmm. because we're the only ones who are with us 100% of the time. Yeah. And regardless of how much love our partners might give us, regardless of how much love family and parents and, and coaches and team members, you know, we love these teams that we cultivate. We love like the resources that we bring. But like when it comes down to it, all these tools in our tool belt are brilliant. But we are the ones that are with us 100% of the time. So as much as you can be authentic to yourself in this moment and as much as you can listen to yourself and root for yourself, that's going to be your your biggest tool. You know, it's going to be your biggest like secret weapon is like our own like personal cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. I love
2: that. Um, For anybody who wants to find you
1: Hmm. and
2: see your work, where can people locate you within your
1: boundaries? I love that, within my boundaries. Uh, We love a boundary. Mm -hmm. Um, I think online, I'm probably most active on Instagram. So that's at, um, at Emily Martinez official. And, you know, there's links to my YouTube. So I have a whole bunch of YouTube videos that I used to make. Hopefully one day I'll get back into that. But mm-hmm. it's just not – it's not there for me right now. So I'm trying not to push it. But I do have a podcast that I'm trying to bring back to life because it means a lot to me. Um, it's called Oh, I'm Lonely. And it's finding purpose in our loneliness. Um, and I think it really calls to what we are talking about today. It's like there's so many different areas of our lives that we feel lonely um, or at least I categorize this as the word lonely and where you feel like I'm the only one that's going through this right now, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whether you're a new mom, whether you're a new parent in any way, whether you're, um, you've are you moved out for the first time living in a big city and you feel like there's thousands of people around me at any given time, but I am literally like I'm an island. I'm by myself. Yeah. Um, and 100%, you are not the only person that's going, has gone through that, is going through that. And so I've – tried to cultivate a space in a time that I've felt very lonely and been like, there's got to be purpose to this. Yeah. And so um, I've tried to create a space there where I learn, I help facilitate, or I just give the platform for, to someone to be like, fucking tell me how you're lonely and like, mm. how can I help you not feel lonely or how can we talk about our loneliness together or how can we cry or laugh yeah. or um, – so I'd love to have you on at some point. Jane. Oh, okay. 100%. 100%. Yes. Um, no pressure. Only on this podcast where I'm asking you to be a guest. Great. Done. Um, sold. <laughs> but uh yeah, I that's I feel very grateful for the small but mighty community that I've built because I feel like it's good people mm-hmm. and I feel safe. I feel safe there to continue to be vulnerable and to continue to bring um myself as I am because not only have I cultivated it, but they've also done enough to be the human beings that they are there to like yeah. give me the space to do that, and I feel very fortunate and grateful that that space exists for me to to be as well. So, yes. so come on over and join that little community. Yes, well, I'm super grateful that you
2: uh, went on this emotionally vulnerable and brave journey with me in this space. Thank um, you and i'm excited to come on your podcast thank oh, yeah. you for the invite um, so that
1: means emily stay consistent that's for me
2: <laughs> no emily will do what emily needs to do in the that's moment right. that's, that's it that's right um, period period that's it period. Um, i love you
0: and
1: see more you too. soon
0: If something from this episode resonated with you, let's have a conversation about it on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective. Slide into our DMs or leave a comment sharing what has impacted you or what you're thinking about or what has shifted or what's coming up for you. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on TikTok at Empower Artists Collective. You can check out more on our website at EmpoweredArtistsCollective.com. If you have any questions, you can always email us at empoweredartistcollective at gmail. And if you didn't know, we have some really cute merchandise that is linked in our show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back. And we will be back again next week. Until then.